Hey family, thank you for following and trusting the path that led you here. This is Flow Space, Conscious Conversations with J&D. I'm Jerrica. And I'm Deandra. Our discussions will be led by intuition and spirit as we continue to evolve and learn about what it means to live an earthly human experience. Welcome to Flow Space. I'm Jerrica and this is Deandra. And today we have CEO and co-founder of Symphony Natural Health, James Frame, joining us. This interview brings a full circle to where we started on our water journey. It was through the discovery of James's company, the original Himalayan crystal salt, that has led us to where we are today on our journey. So James, if you can, can you tell us how did your journey begin leading you to where you are today with Soleil and with your company? So yes, yeah, so the <clears throat> the company is one big long story, but the story to get me to original Himalayan crystal salt, um, I'll, I'll just focus on that one because otherwise we'll be here too long. Um, <laughs> have you, uh, I don't know, have you ever been to uh, Expo West before? Have no. you ever heard of that trade show? Mm-hmm. So Expo West is the biggest natural products trade show in the world. And it's uh, every year in Anaheim. And when I first started going there, you know, there was 15,000 people that used to go there. And now you have, you know, something like 85,000 people that go to this trade show every year. And and wow. you went, you know, went from having hundreds of, of vendors and companies to now there's, I think, somewhere near 4,000 companies go. And this was probably before COVID. I don't know what it is now. Um, but obviously, um, my original, my core business is nutraceuticals. So we work on uh, nutraceuticals that help with hormone balance, particularly with women. And obviously when you're looking at hormone production within the body, hydration is very, very important. And the herbs that we use uh, metabolize with, with, with water. And so hydration became a very, very important factor for us when we were educating women on taking our supplements and supporting and balancing hormone production. So I was at Expo West uh, at this show, walking the floor, looking, you know, looking at thousands of different companies and and researching what they were doing. And I stopped at this booth that was a small half booth. You know, you have huge booths there and then you have small booths and this was like a half booth. And Um, I ended up talking to the gentleman there who was selling original Himalayan crystal salt. I ended up talking to him for about two hours. And as you can imagine, at a trade show that goes for for three days, talking to one person at one booth for two hours is a long time. And the reason that we ended up chatting was that um, I studied an Indian uh, spiritual teaching which is connected to meditation uh, meditation on light and sound and um, we started talking about vibration and energy and he well he started the conversation about this salt and energy and vibration and I and I sort of mentioned some of the teachings without mentioning what the the teaching was and he said have you ever heard of Saint Mart which is the, this teaching and I said yes and I mean there's there's not that many people in the world who have studied this particular Indian spirituality uh, teaching, and all of a sudden we sort of just clicked. And 
And what was really interesting to me was that he was introducing this information about original Himalayan crystal salt from an energy and a vibrational perspective. And me being sort of on the spiritual path, but also being heavily involved in science and clinical research with nutraceuticals and pharmaceuticals, um, I was sort of delving into this on sort of both of those sides. Um, and as as our relationship evolved and as we used more of the original Himalayan crystal salt, there came an opportunity for us to buy the company from, uh, from him, who was the founder, uh, and we decided to buy it because we saw how critical uh, a lot of people sort of wonder why does somebody who runs a nutraceutical company buy a salt company and it's well if you go into hospital and you're not well what's the first thing they stick in your arm it's a drip which has water and salt so you know our body is is predominantly water and salt and so many of our metabolic processes are dictated and impacted by that so i could see when we we're creating a health company how profoundly important getting amazing water and salt was into the equation of helping people's health from a physical and then obviously when you uh increase the vibration from a physical perspective you impact the mental emotional and potentially spiritual or energetic body as well yeah because although we're here in the physical we have our physical body and then our energetic body so it's really cool to hear that backstory um and something you touched upon is hydration can you tell us how you would define hydration sure uh hydration's interesting it's 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 pretty simple it's uh <clears throat> hydration is defined as the process of combining with water so whether you're talking about you know a powder or a human hydration is simply like that the combination um of of combining with water and obviously that's what we do as humans we when we hydrate we combine with water i really like that that's a cool definition of combining with water because it's really using the water for its purpose and actually doing what it's meant for what it's meant to be doing to our bodies so could you speak a little bit about the correlation of us being majority water and salt and how water and salt is related to one another and how they support each other um yeah so um how are they related to each other well within our i think i think well i think taking a step back i think one of the things that's interesting about sole is sole sort of isn't a new um a new sort of uh thing in our world um when you look at all of the water that existed in the world in throughout our history it's all been mineral water you know when you look at water that you get from a spring or you get from the ocean wherever you got water there was always water and minerals in um there was always yeah. minerals in water and so they were sort of synonymous with each other uh, for want of a better term and so whenever we were drinking water we were always getting minerals at the same time and that was really important because the minerals that are in water have a significant impact on our body's ability to absorb that water or hydrate and mm -hmm. so when we look at a lot of the water that we have today particularly when you look at water filtration to remove all of the toxins and chemicals that can sometimes be in our water system it also means that we 
leach out or draw out all of the trace minerals that are there that we need for that water. And so when we drink water that doesn't have minerals, it's very hard for our body to hydrate. In actual fact, um, when you put sort of water in that has no minerals into your body, your body actually leaches out minerals from your bone and from other cells and puts it into your system to try and help recalibrate the water that's in your body so your body can hydrate it better into cells so it's um yeah they are you know we we can have minerals by themselves but with water we really do need uh minerals in order for our body to hydrate so that's why they become so important to have together yeah. And um, on a personal, my personal experience, ever since, you know, incorporating Soleil into my daily routine, I feel so much more hydrated. So can you just tell um, our listeners, we keep throwing around the word Soleil. For those who don't know what Soleil is, can you define it for us? Sure. So what Soleil is, is <clears throat> basically what we do is we get original Himalayan crystal salt and original Himalayan crystal salt is salt uh, that has been mined from the Himalayas that was that uh, 250 million years ago when the Himalayan mountains came up and and they sealed off an ocean that existed there <clears throat> and when they sealed off that ocean there was also tectonic plate shifts and 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 some of the the movement meant that that ocean obviously evaporated all the water evaporated and the crystals were compacted with tectonic plate shifts and we have these sort of veins of of crystal salt like gold or silver and what has happened is they found these 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 uh, veins of, of salt crystals and have mined them uh, and used them you know for salt and what's really cool is that in this salt, there's 84 trace minerals, and it's in si very similar ratios to what exists in the human body. So, you know, when you think of us evolving from the oceans millions and millions of years ago, it stands to reason that our blood and our and salt and the minerals that were in that are very, very similar. And so <clears throat> what we do with Soleil is we take these crystal stones and we put them into a glass jar and we put water into that jar and we let that those salt crystals dissolve into the water and what ends up happening after about 24 hours <clears throat> excuse me is that that water becomes super saturated and super saturated means that basically it can't absorb any more of the of the salt into the water it's a little bit like when you go to the dead sea and the, that water is very very salty because it's but it's not super saturated yet but when we make soleil it is so when we create this super saturated salt solution and the way that you know it's super saturated is that you'll still see crystal stones in the jar because they can't absorb any more into the water and so that salt that water solution sorry that salt water solution that we create there we call soleil and so what we do is we will take just a little teaspoon of that soleil that salt water and put it into eight or 12 ounces of water and what that does is it mineralizes that water with uh, electrolytes and trace minerals to optimize the vibration and energy, but also the hydration of that water into our body when we drink it versus some of the tap waters or purified waters that we have. I once saw a study that said that <clears throat> that our, when they tested tap water in the United States that we were lucky to absorb 20 to 25% of that into our cells. 
And so when we add the trace minerals in that, we're significantly increasing so that we're and so that we can absorb more of that water into our cells. And again, it's just really highlighting the importance of drinking water that is containing these minerals so that our body doesn't leach the minerals um, when we're not receiving it, like by simply just drinking regular tap water or even, you know, like these bottled plastic bottles, which is kind of like tap water if it's not spring. Yeah. Yeah. I think the other concern for me with tap water is um, the pharmaceuticals and the other, all these chemicals that are in your tap water. And so, you know, having, drinking some form of purified water or spring water where you can uh, minimize your exposure to any of those toxins or chemicals is, is ideal. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It makes such a difference especially with the connection that water has with everything that exists in nature. I really enjoyed your explanation of the correlation of water and salt and how it's basically one and it's like two in the same, like water is water with minerals. That is what water is to contain minerals and to be highly effective and efficient in hydrating. Um, So it speaks to how that impacts the life cycles of not only us, but like everything that exists, because we all need water to survive. Um, And I in terms of the sea salt that you mentioned and how it's saturated in salt, but not in the same way that Soleil is. Could you speak on what the difference is between using the Himalayan pink salt versus um, sea salt to make your Soleil? Sure. So when I look at all types of salts, from around the world, the way that we've evaluated and looked at them is to have a look at how many trace minerals are in that salt. Uh, We've also looked at what are the ratio of those minerals in the salt, and then what is the particle size and structure of the salt and the minerals? What is the contamination of our additives, chemicals, pollutants that might be in that salt? And then we've had a look at what is the clinical research or the scientific research on that salt and its potential health benefits. And so when we've looked at all of those five sort of key factors, we've been able to sort of scale salts. And when I talk about salt, I sort of try not to talk about good or bad. What I try and talk about is good, better, best. (laughs) And so when we've looked at all of these different salts from around the world, what we've seen is that The original Himalayan crystal salt has 84 trace minerals in almost identical ratios to what exists in our body. It has no contamination and pollution because it comes from an ocean 250 million years ago. And the particle size and the structure of those minerals are so small and and perfect that it can be absorbed almost immediately directly into a cell. And then what's been interesting when we looked at this salt was we found that there had been a number of studies, scientific studies, looking at the health benefits of this particular salt uh, in supporting people's hydration and well-being. And so when we looked at that and we looked at other different types of salts, it was more a case of, again, that good, better, best. It's not that they're bad. It's just that they might not have as many trace minerals or the structure of those minerals might not be ideal. And very, very few, if any, we've ever found actually have any research on the health benefits of their salt. And the thing that was really interesting for us when we looked in depth and I learned about Himalayan salt is 
we realized that there was lots of different sources in the Himalayas of this particular salt. What was interesting was there was about four different mines, but they were hundreds of miles apart. And what was interesting for us when we did our due diligence and we approached all the different sources was that none of them had certificates of analysis validating that they had 84 trace minerals. None of them had research talking about um, the potential health benefits or the structure analysis or any of these things. There was only this one source, which was through this gentleman I, I met at Expo West um, called Ed Leach. And that salt had been researched in a book called Water and Salt. And since then, there had been another study on it. And when we looked at all of the salts from the other parts of the Himalayas, we also got lots of samples. And what was really interesting for us was that you could distinctly see the different colorings uh, of these particular salts. And, you know, there's so many pink salts now because Himalayan has become very famous from this book, Water and Salt. And you get pink salts from South America. You get them from Salt Lake City in Utah. You get them from Australia, Eastern Europe. And but when you look at all of the colouring, there's all these different colourings there. And uh, and so for us, it's sort of been very interesting to see one, the taste difference and two, um, you know, the potential health differences and health benefits and so we work with a lot of uh, kinesiologists a lot of muscle testing practitioners who do energy medicine and it's very interesting providing them with different samples of himalayan salts or pink salts and different types of salts and for them to test the energy and see uh, the higher vibration and even on a scientific side we even have a an ex-NASA scientist that has done his own analysis on energy with the different salts and keeps coming back to us to use it for his research. And so, yeah, it's interesting. Wow, that's really, really cool to like not only hear about the health benefits, but on an energetic level as well. Um, I would love to read more about that research and those findings. Um, and speaking about the healthiest, or I know you said like the it's bad, best, better. Good, good better, good, better, better. Yes. Um, what would be the best and the healthiest for our bodies? Um, well, the, the thing that's interesting with with salt is that it, and with health in general is every person is different. And so uh, I really hate the the world that we live in at the moment where everything seems to have to be black and white, where everything really is this spectrum of of color and, and if anything gray where it's blending of all of these colors um so when it comes to sort of health it really comes down to what is important to the individual and when we talk about trace minerals you know what does that person need if that person needs magnesium minerals or salts then magnesium is really important to that person if a person needs iodine then iodine is really important and so I saw you sort of have to sometimes be really careful when you sort of say which is the healthiest salt in a blanket general statement because for every individual person it's going to be different depending on what they need. However, using that caveat, if if you have healthy people, so if you're a general genuine generally healthy person who doesn't have any specific mineral deficiencies or high or issues in relation to that needs particular trace minerals, then having original Himalayan crystal salt, which has 84 trace minerals, the perfect structure, and all, all of those factors I mentioned before, um, ticks more, the most number of boxes for the person. 
But, you know, one of the questions I often get is, you know, can this replace people's trace, you know, uh, mineral, vitamin or mineral? And it's absolutely not. You know, if somebody needs to have particular vitamins and minerals, they need to get that through their diet, through supplements, whatever it is, and what they need to find out what their deficiencies are. But when they get into balance, having something which consistently supplies 84 trace minerals and optimizes hydration is 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 key. And so hydration is probably the thing that I think is even more important when it comes to Soleil because you're optimizing that hydration. An amazing story I had recently was a doctor who spoke to me and and um, and wrote an article about um, our salt. Uh, he had um, he had cancer and stage four cancer, and he started delving into research, significant research. And uh, what he looked at was diet and how uh, a ketogenic diet, a diet that had, you know, virtually no carbohydrates or sugars, uh, had the potential to stop feeding the cancer and reduce its growth. And look, there's many, I'm not advocating for this because I can imagine with your audience that being, I'm veg, I'm vegetarian myself. Like, so when you're looking at this sort of diet, I'm, I'm not advocating for it. I'm just using it as an example for this story. And so he, um, he started this ketogenic diet and and then he actually moved from a ketogenic diet to a carnivore diet which is pretty much meat and but he was able to to stop the growth and and potentially reverse to some degrees cancer and all of a sudden his health had dramatic dramatic improvements now there's a lot of debate about this diet again i'm not advocating or talking about this diet because there's a lot of talk about you do this diet long term and there's detrimental effects but if you've got stage four cancer you don't care. <laughs> You're yeah. focusing on the cancer. So, so he is he he started this diet and had this profound impact. But one of the concerns when you have the carnivore or ketogenic diet is its impact on your kidney and how your body has to process more meat. However, he was very careful with his dosing. And also you have to pay attention to hydration and, and minerals. And so looking at your kidney. And so there's a there's an analysis of your kidney called a BUNS, a B-U-N-S and test. And if you have a high BUNS number, it can mean that you either have kidney disease or you're massively dehydrated. And he didn't understand because he was drinking huge amounts of water because he was paying attention to this. And even though he was carnivore, he's he's portion control was very practical and 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 he thought everything was fine there and then he started to research into hydration and optimizing that and he read about our research with original himalayan crystal salt went and got his thing his sole uh, jar started using sole and within three months his buns level went from you know extreme you have major issues you need to sort of have a look at this and maybe take medication to completely perfect in the normal range. And he tracks and traces everything that he does. And that was the only change that he made in that analysis. And so, you know, that is just, a, you know, a most recent story that's sort of top of my mind of how people don't realise how profound little changes like Sole can have on doubling hydration into our cells, which can have such this profound impact on our kidney and other aspects of our health. <clears throat> yeah, and I totally, like, I can't relate to, you know, what he was going through, but in terms of, like, the hydration, 
Um, and I just want to point out, I love what you said about the blanket statement in terms of like what is healthiest, that it's what is healthiest for one person doesn't mean that it is the same for everybody. We have to really do what individually we need. Um, and part of that, like I'd say that to say, when I started researching um, how I can better hydrate, hydrate myself, I had first I started getting into uh, water filtration you know, like finding out all of the stuff about tap water, the contaminants, like you said, the pharmaceutical garbage that gets put in there, um, the fluoride, you know, everything. And I um, got a filtration device and I switched and I was like, okay, this is it. You know, my water journey ends here. I got a good filter. This is it. (laughs) But that was just the beginning because I found myself intuitively, I felt that I was dehydrated. I was drinking my new like filtered water and I it should have been good but it wasn't I guess I was um, lacking the minerals and stuff like that to properly hydrate myself and that's what led me to researching and finding Soleil and the original Himalayan crystal uh, stones to make my Soleil Um, and it's just it's really important and I again I share that to emphasize using the intuition because your body will tell you when something's up and kind of lead you if you listen and you pay attention the energetics around you will lead you to where you need to be to improve whatever it is that's going on um yep we 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 do a lot of research of that with our product feminescence because we with feminescence it's about balancing hormones at each stage of life and one of the biggest aspects when women become postmenopausal and that recalibration of hormones is listening to their body that when you're tired you need to sleep when you you know when you have when emotions bubble to the surface um you need to pay attention to them so it's you know there's our body is uh listening to your body is a is a very keen factor we actually even have been playing around with this phrase with feminescence which is uh nourish the wisdom within because there's all this and and that resonates whether you whatever your belief system is if you're talking on a physical perspective nourish the wisdom within can be where nourish the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis from a physiological perspective to balance your own body's hormone production or it can be nourish the wisdom within mother nature and the inherent wisdom as a in a woman's body of what is going on with her cycle and these things or nourish the wisdom within can be god spirit soul whatever those aspects so it's yeah it's listen you can and that's the thing is that listening to your body doesn't have to be a spiritual thing it can be a physical thing it can be a mental emotional or a spiritual thing so wherever you are there one thing from a physical perspective with hydration though is um a great easy way to do it is is your hair and your skin when you shower with different types of waters so you know it's very interesting when you go to different states that have different types of waters that you will sometimes notice that your hair gets dry or your skin gets dry if it's hard or soft water and it's uh, i i always remember a great analogy you know those virtual you know those not virtual reality those are reality television shows and one of them was about hairdressers and this hairdresser's plumbing had been destroyed in his house and so and he needed to do his hair because he's a hairdresser and it needed to be great when he went into the salon and so he went into his fridge and he had these you know top you know brand mineral you know flat mineral waters 
and he used that in his hair for like three days. And after three days, he's like, my God, my hair's not dry at my scalp. And and he, and he said, wow, imagine if I was able to have this special mineral water when I showered all of the time. And, and you know, that was his, uh, his uh, segue into how he developed a, a um, shower filter for hair and, you know, and wanted to sell uh-huh. that. But... But the concept, and it was a great story, and it was exactly the reality that how these different waters can dry out your skin, hair, and that's a very easy way to experience because it's hard to sort of figure out how dry we are on the inside, except when we're thirsty. But when you feel it on your skin and your hair, you can see how distinctly different these sort of uh, types of water are and how they impact the cells outside of our body. Yeah. Have you made any changes to the filters in your bathroom from um, having that knowledge and what that yep. experience Yeah, we been? have we have a house filter now. So we right. have a house filter that, that runs through our whole house. So whether we are uh, drinking or showering or having a bath, we're using this same sort of filter and it, it t- takes out all of the bad and then it has a system that puts back minerals in. Um so yes, yeah, so it's cool. uh, recalibrating that water after it's taken all of those things out. So yeah, it's very cool. That's really neat because it's really taking hydration to the next level. Not only going like intaking it, but really experiencing it on your skin, which is the largest organ of the body, anyways. So I'm sure that that's really benefiting from both sides, from from the inside and the outside. So speaking of hydration, um, what would you say is the a defining factor in the difference of taking soleil and not taking soleil and how much water you need um, to remain hydrated. Because in our experience, I, I feel like I can speak for both of us, we found that we needed to drink less water to feel satiated after yep. having incorporated soleil and minerals. So we'd love to hear your your feedback on that no absolutely that that's the thing if you hydrate your cells um you don't need as much water so if you're getting you know if you're doubling hydration into your cells you need half the amount of water half the amount of water means that you go to the toilet less (laughs) um so yeah there's lots of sort of benefits in relation to that did what was the first part of your question i think that's the second ask well, that was it and how that related to the hydration, because that is something, too, that I've experienced that I do go to the restroom less um, now having um, and taken the proper water and hydration. I find that um, my body is absorbing it more instead of just releasing it out and needing yeah. to constantly refuel that. So that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it also looking at the co- color of your urine, like ideally your urine will be less yellow obviously because you're hydrating more uh, that's another sort of measurement or a assessment that you can you can sort of pay attention to too as you drink more is you know is this helping me hydrate more and i know that um what we spoke about how everyone's needs are different and what what's one person's medicine may not be the same for another person Mm. but in the overall concept of blood pressure and salt not having a great relationship is there any insight to that or any um to someone who may be concerned of incorporating soleil into their daily regimen who has a high blood pressure issue is there any benefit or side effects to that so yeah so the thing that's interesting with um 
with blood pressure is it's often connected to the impact on the kidney and the amount of fluid that's sort of in our system and again hydration and absorption <clears throat> and so when you have your when you don't have as much water into in your system and when your body is hydrating and absorbing it more you've sort of got a little bit more pressure less pressure in the system so you know blood pressure is is particularly impacted by our mood and 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 you know fight and flight and the hormones that impact that like epinephrine and norepinephrine and so when we get stressed we have you know increase our uh heart rate and the pressure in our heart which increases our blood pressure but the other aspect that increases the blood pressure is the amount of liquid and that sort of flow and so in when you have the wrong type of salt if you have too much salt then the body sort of absorbs it out and so a really sort of cool uh way that i think of it is that when you have normal table salt or salt that has really poor structure and, and sort of big particles and you take that into your system and so you've got this big particle of salt and it tries to penetrate the cell wall it often can't because it can't be absorbed in and so that salt particle which draws moisture to it is going to draw moisture out of that cell and so thus we're drawing moisture to that salt particle and it is more and more whereas if that salt particle is really small and has perfect structure to be able to absorb into the cell all of a sudden it absorbs into the body and it draws moisture into the cell so just having different types of salt can be the difference between it hydrating or dehydrating and that's the same sort of thing with blood pressure where it can have that impact on hydrating or dehydrating or increasing sort of the amount of, of liquid and pressure that's there. Uh, but again, you know, if you have taken a low salt diet and you're doing no salt and all of a sudden you take even original Himalayan crystal salt, you're going to see an impact in that blood pressure. So with everything, it's, I, you know, everything in health, I always talk about Goldilocks, where not enough is bad and too much is often bad. And that's with hormones, that's with salt, that's with nearly everything that we do. And so it's always finding like, what's that Goldilocks amount? What's the amount that doesn't give us, it's, it's not enough and it's, or it's too much, it's just right for our body to help to optimize hormonal balance or optimize the balance of our hydration, the pressure within our system. So yeah and it's really cool because they're like dandra was saying there's kind of a stigma around salt and blood pressure you know like if you have high blood pressure you stay away from salt but i read on uh, your website that the himalayan salt can actually help to normalize the blood pressure and um i had spoken with my cardiologist about it um i i had low blood pressure um, prior to taking Soleil and I felt the effects you know I was fatigued very tired and I spoke to my cardiologist to see if it would be okay to incorporate the Soleil how it could infect me um, and she recommended it she told me that I would probably greatly benefit from it and I have I feel that my blood pressure has normalized from being low um, so is it possible if somebody has high blood pressure could the Himalayan salt help normalize their blood pressure so I so I don't get in trouble by the FDA. I'll 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 talk around <laughs> that. <laughs> the, one of the things to sort of think about when it comes to people with high blood pressure is often there are other are other factors. It's not just salt. If they have issues with salt, it's often because they're eating fast food or food that might have high salt levels, like uh, you know fries and things like that. So talking about just salt when it comes to blood pressure in a vacuum is like is so it sort of does the salt a disservice 
And so when I look at sort of health in that overall sort of perspective, it's like, who is the individual who's taking more salt or less? And I'm sure you guys have a very healthy diet. And so when we're talking about balancing and impacting your blood pressure, you know, I, I don't think we're we're taking any risk there by giving you Soleil, even if there could be in the early stages, this little bump as the body recalibrates. But, you know, when you're talking about somebody with high blood pressure, I think that there's one thing that we could say, which is that if you stop those people or change the salt that those people use from table salt or this particle size that can, you know, dehydrate or draw moisture into another part of the system that we we don't necessarily want to up to do too much um that there could be a potential benefit in relation to that um because using the healthier you know type of salt is going to improve the body's overall function so if we're able to replace that salt with the healthier salt then we're hopefully going to get a better outcome whether or not you know, it's going to have a statistically significant effect that we would see in a clinical trial on that individual, who knows, uh, because there's so many sort of other factors that relate to it. But without a doubt, changing that salt both in their diet, you know, the, the salt that they use on their food and also the salt that they use in Soleil, you know, I certainly believe would have, uh, would be better than them using um traditional sort of table salt, which is just sodium chloride and sometimes a bit of iodine. Mm -hmm. And um, it, there's a whole world when you start researching salt, sodium, and you start researching water, you know, there's such a, a world out there to discover. Um, something else I came across was that low sodium diets could possibly increase the risk of cardiovascular disease and death. And like I said, um, I was on a low sodium diet um, years ago, then I stopped and then I had this low blood pressure. So personally, when I read that information, I was like, holy cow, you know, you constantly hear, oh, don't take too much salt, like have less salt or don't use salt at all. But that can actually contribute to an increased risk of death and cardiovascular disease. Um, would you be able to speak on that at all? No. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so could you speak on the oxidative stress and what is oxidative stress and how Soleil can impact that? For sure, for sure. Um, so when it comes, I, so I, I actually made some notes on this one so that I got it uh, scientifically and technically correct. Um, and, I, but, and when I was thinking about it and so I, making sure that I was going to talk about it correctly, I, I also, one of the things I like to sometimes do is premise it by explaining topics in a little bit more depth so people sort of understand what we're talking about. Because people hear these terms and they're like, oh, yeah, that sounds great, but what the hell does it actually mean? And so we actually did a, a social media post on this, which uh, which I wrote, and so I'm, I'm going to read it because it was... It, uh, it, I drew from all of this sort of information to try and sort of say, how can we explain this really well? So 
What it says is our body is perpetually going through a multitude of chemical processes from metabolism to turn food into energy, detoxification to break down and eliminate toxins and chemicals, to repairing cells from exercising to absorbing the air that we breathe. Free radicals are the natural byproducts or waste of those chemical processes, which when they build up and overload the body can result in toxic, uh, sorry, chronic inflammation, cell damage, DNA damage, aging and disease. So for example, when our body breathes in air, it splits into single atoms with an unpaired electron and creates free radicals as a byproduct. So that's the waste that I was talking about before. And, and so, Basically, in layman's terms, what it's talking about is that when we go through all of these processes from breathing to eating, as we break down these, these chemicals or these, these compounds, our body creates these waste products and, the, these, and so we end up with these sort of uh, free electrons. And so when we ground, so you know when you walk in, in the grass with bare feet or when you drink sole that has electrolytes in it or when we eat certain types of food particularly green food then what we're able to do is the body's able to instead of having these free radicals they talk this free electron running around it binds up and instead of it creating damage it sort of stops it from causing issues and so when we eat antioxidants, as I said, when we ground, when we take sole, what it does is it binds to that and stops these free radicals and stops this breakdown of, of cellular, you know, cellular damage and DNA damage and inflammation. So does that does that answer it? I hope it does. <laughs> yeah, it really provided a visual and how I interpreted it that made um, like a just to break it down even simpler. It's like a bringing soundness and a centeredness to like chaotic processes that are going on in the body which is what the free radicals are and then the adding the minerals and grounding is really what brings it to balance so that um it's not in that stress environment in that stress state um which is it's like a protection yeah so it's really cool to hear how that process is connected to all the things that we do throughout the day and the things that can help benefit that so that things don't skew off to one side or the other causing imbalance in the body. Mm -hmm. It's really the <clears throat> prevention is cure method, you know, taking, yeah. you know, doing whatever it is in your daily routine to prevent you from experiencing some kind of disease or ailment in the body. And it's yeah. cool that we experience free radicals, even in something as breathing, but how if we're in alignment and doing what we're supposed to be doing, like grounding, walking on the earth, incorporating soleil, doing things that are natural to how we should be living and how that um, is a natural synergy, a natural balance in comparison with the free radicals. Because I find that free radicals have a really bad rep. But in your explanation, it really sounds as though it's really a byproduct of existing as well. So it's really yeah, just maintaining it's, a balance. It's, yeah, it's, 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 it's a little bit like um, detoxification. You know, detox has become a big, big thing in the health industry. And people say, you know, I'm going to go and do a cleanse. And But the reality is, is that you need to detoxify your body every day. You know, it's not like your liver and kidney sort of go, hey, we're going to do a we're going to work really hard four times a year for like a week. It's like, mm -hmm. no, you need to do that every single day. 
And so this perpetual process of metabolism and breathing and detoxification, all of these things which create, you know, these free radicals, we need to do that every day. Otherwise, what ends up happening is we just have these build up and build up and we have more inflammation, more toxicity within our body. And that's why, you know, hydrating every day with Soleil, eating green leafy vegetables, grounding, like all of these little incremental things are helping our body perpetually deal with engaging with the universe every single day so we don't sort of build up and just do the good thing you know once a quarter once a season yeah and how long would you say um it takes to feel a difference when switching over to the himalayan salt whether you used table salt or any other kind of salt um to really experience that difference how long does that take I think you notice the taste straight away. <laughs> I think that's one of the things that I that a lot of people talk about the most is really recognizing that. Um, you know, I think it, it comes down to each person is different. You know, when if some we have many people will start to take Soleil and all of a sudden they'll say, "Oh, I'm I've my bowel movements. I've become really regular because all of a sudden their gut is being hydrated every single morning and." And instead of them having constipation or those issues, they've no, that's the thing that they just notice. All of a sudden, that's the impact. Uh, other people, you know, as I mentioned before, the urine, like not to dwell on too, you know, uncomfortable uh, subjects, but like they say, oh, my urine, and I, I just feel hydrated. I think mental clarity, I think, is one of those things. I think it's very interesting when you um, wake up in the morning and you're dehydrated and you drink Soleil. I think for me, you know, about 15 or 20 minutes later after I've drunk Soleil and I've had enough water, all of a sudden I'm sort of like my body's a little bit more recharged. I, I don't know if you remember that science experiment that they used to do uh, with as children. Obviously, I grew up in Australia, so we had different TV science experiments, but there used to be that science experiment where you've got a container of water um, and they have an electric current going through the water and they put a light bulb into the water and the water doesn't go on and then they pour salt into the water put the light bulb back in and the light bulb goes on like when we talk about what adding electrolytes and and trace minerals into our cells that's exactly you know it's the best analogy that you can possibly sort of show that's exactly what we're doing we're increasing the conductivity and the flow and energy within our body and allowing that to to flow between the cells because of these trace minerals so um yeah i think that that's uh that's that's some of the the biggest ones that i sort of notice um that was a really good visual sorry i cut you off i don't know if you were gonna say no no that was it yeah, that was a really good visual of the light bulb because I it resonated with my experiences as well. I feel like rejuvenated, recharged in the morning after having Soleil. Um, and would you say that there's a difference or is there a difference in the type of water and salt you use to make Soleil and how it impa- how it impacts us? Um, yes, I mean, the again, good, better, best. Obviously, you know, you can use different types of salt, but if you're using a table salt that has big particle size and poor structure, how much that's going to hydrate and and go into your body is is, um, immediately is debatable. It's going to have an impact, but how long is it going to take and is it what's it, how's it going to work? and so so that's a factor. And when it comes to the water, you know, again, getting good quality water 
Uh, I mean, the way I, the thing I think about with water more than hydration is if I'm getting water from a source that you might have uh, pesticides or pharmaceuticals or some remnants of, of other chemicals in there, I just don't want that at all. So I'm always sort of looking for, you know, high quality spring water um, from, from particular locations and and um, there's some amazing waters from New Zealand. Obviously, I'm slightly biased being from uh, <laughs> Australia, but there's some amazing waters from New Zealand that are sort of from the, these aquifers, you know, a kilometre underneath the earth. And I believe, you know, you can find them in different parts of the world. But what's amazing about some of the ones in New Zealand is uh, is that you, they've they've uh, carbon dated the water and some of the water down there is 50, you know, 20,000, 50,000 years old. And you go, I know that's not going to be polluted. <laughs> and yeah, so, you know, so we obviously have a water filter in our house as well. And so I'm happy about that. But even then I sort of think to myself, you know, when we're drinking water, it'd be great to get this really high quality, amazing water from, um, from New Zealand and from from there's lots of great waters from other places as well, obviously. Yeah, um, and just a, a personal experience with the Soleil. I had tried my Soleil when I first got it. I was eager to make it, um, and I used just regular filtered water. Then the next batch I made, I used it. Uh, I made it using Vortex water and water that I had also like enhanced um, with minerals and you know, did some praying over the water and I felt a big difference. So I can only imagine if I used water that's 50,000 years old, how that could make, you know, me feel after because drinking the Soleil, I'm not a coffee drinker, but I can just imagine that people who drink coffee, that's, that must be like the boost of energy because I drink my Soleil and then I'm ready to go. Like mm -hmm. I'm fully charged. I'm not tired. I'm just vibrating on a different level. Yeah, yeah, it's really so beautiful to see the difference and something so simple as incorporating Soleil. And I feel like that could bridge the gap for so much instead of needing like a afternoon coffee or to keep you going off the midday slump. Because that's another thing that I've noticed in incorporating these practices now regarding my water is that I have sustainable energy throughout the whole day. I don't find that I go through like a midday slump. I don't have brain fog, which I once did um, periodically. And I also am more regular with my body and how like waste gets eliminated through me. Um, so I was, I was just gonna, I was gonna say one thing that's quite interesting with a lot of energy healers or practitioners that do kinesiology or muscle testing that do nutritional kinesiology. So they muscle test people for foods and supplements. Uh, we have a number of practitioners that include incorporate Soleil because because of its impact on metabolism and the body's absorption and function. They actually see that when they combine Soleil with their standard protocol of supplements, that they own, often only need half the amount of supplements because, again, the body's function and, and metabolism is working much more optimally. They're absorbing more of those vitamins and minerals and nutrients into their system. And so it's really interesting. You know, they add Soleil, which obviously adds a, an expense, but all of a sudden their supplements are costing, they're only needing half as much. So that goes to not just supplements, that goes to eating food, that goes to many things that, that relate to that function with metabolism, including hormones and lots of other things.
Yeah, like you can, like, yeah, maybe you're taking on a cost, but then in other areas of your life, it's going to balance itself out. And it kind of leads me to the next question. Um, I always like to think of people who might be listening to this who may not be in a space that they can see themselves affording to purchase the original Himalayan crystal salt. Um, what can some alternatives be for them who, you know, someone who can't afford it or may not have access to it at this time? Sure. Um, again, it comes down to with salt to sort of good, better, best. Um and so, you know, if you can't get that, then sort of what's the next alternative as far as quality of salt is? Um, it's, um, yeah, that's 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 the sort of way I look at water and I also look at salt. Because, you know, when you're travelling, the same, like what water do you have access to when you're travelling? And mm-hmm. so what's your, what are your options and alternatives there? And, and, and so I think it's the same sort of thing with salt where, you know, what do you have access to and just having a look at the different options that you have and, and choosing between, uh, you know, which is the best. And I, I always come back to that uh, that five categories that I spoke about in the beginning, which is how many trace minerals does this salt have? What's the ratio of those trace minerals? Because, you know, if you have trace minerals and you've got all of this iron or mercury in that salt, then that's not ideally what you want. Um, so it's like, what is the, ra- the the ratio of those minerals from a health perspective? Um, and what is the potential contaminants with this salt? Because, you know, when you look at sea salts, there's a big spectrum of sea salts. And when you think of our oceans and how polluted our oceans are, you know, you have to sort of be careful with that, with what you're doing with salt. I always find it funny when people say, oh, we get it from the clean part of the ocean sort of like it's like if you've got a you know a blood disease oh don't worry I'll, I'll i'll donate blood and i'll give you part of my clean blood and it sort of doesn't quite work that way and so you know when you're looking at the ocean there's always issues there and and when you look at the process that they often use the chemical stripping process and heat salt to these extreme sort of temperatures and chemically strip them or or do they strip everything and when they strip it they the structure changes uh not to mention the fact that they often use sort of bleaching agents to make the salt white so that people sort of feel that it's sterile and and they feel comfortable with that um and then they often use anti-caking agents in it so you know how you know if you go to a, a restaurant that has a salt shaker on there and sometimes they'll have um rice in there you know because they don't want the the salt to clump so salt companies will sometimes put anti-caking agents in it so that it doesn't clump up and the, the thing is and doesn't absorb moisture so when it absorbs moisture it clumps up and you go wait a sec if that salt goes into my body and it's got an anti-caking agent to stop it absorbing moisture isn't that the whole problem <laughs> so yeah. all of a sudden you've you've got this salt that 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 dehydrates and is a chemical so you know really sort of having a look at the different options that you have and try and pick that healthiest safest version of it and now when somebody is looking up or researching which is their best option um can you kind of walk through what that might look like what how can they verify you know like how good the quality of that salt is sure um well i think it's those five questions and 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 it's simply asking the supplier you know for example it was so funny when we acquired this uh the original himalayan crystal salt and we 
did a lot of research with a lot of different salt companies, particularly the ones uh, near the Himalayas. Um, we said, oh, can you send us your certificate of analysis? And what was amazing was that they were sent, they either said, oh, we don't have one, or oh, all Himalayan salt is the same, or they sent us a photocopy of the certificate of analysis of in the book Water and Salt, which is the book that was this, the research was published on the salt that we use and we we is our is our salt. And so we're like, but wait a sec, this is a, a copy of, of this certificate of analysis from this supplier. How can yours be the same? Oh, it's they're all the same. Don't worry about it. But your your mind's like 300 miles from this one. How is that the case? How is that the same? And so, yeah, it's it's a matter of, um, you know, just doing some of your research, like finding out, you know, do they have a certificate of analysis? What is and having a look at that and making sure that it actually is their own certificate of analysis, you know, where you can just have a look. Is it from the company's name and what's the salt and what's the lot number and those sorts of things? Um, and uh, yeah, and then with that certificate of analysis, you're also going to hopefully see the contaminants that might be in there. You're going to see the ratio of those minerals and then asking a supplier, you know, do you have any research on the health benefits of the, the salt that you use? Um, sadly, you're not going to find a lot of that. You know, it's it's um, it's if you can't patent a salt. And so, you know, it's it's very hard for people to do that. The reason that there's research on our salt was that um, a doctor and researcher uh, in around 2000 were really interested in this subject and, and wanted to publish a book on their research. And so they investigated lots of different salts and they found this source from this one particular mine. Um, and that was the one that they ended up doing all of their research on the health benefits because when they assessed the minerals and the ratio and the structure, they said, this is the best one we've found. So let's do a study on the health benefits of this. Now, look, other salts might have exactly the same health benefits, but they've just never, they've never done that research to show that it works exactly the same. So we don't know. And the ratios of the salt that um, your company offers, what are those ratios being that, you know, that it does vary and that that's important in, in determining um, what salt that you use? Yeah, I, I, off the top of my head, telling you all the exact ratios, I don't know. Um, but know there's what, a chart on the website. Yeah, on the website, there's actually the full, you know, I, I can't tell you off the top of my head the 84 trace mineral ratio, but what it's main, what the important thing is, is that you don't want high levels of lead and some of these heavy metals. You want very, very low, you know, very, very low levels of those, of those, um, uh, minerals. While when you're looking at sodium and calcium and magnesium and and these chloride and all of these other minerals that we know exist in salt, we want to have look at those and but make sure that they that that you're not just looking at just sodium chloride, but you've got all of these other trace minerals that we know are of benefit uh, for our body and um, yeah. And, and determining the uses for Soleil, what are some of the other benefits um, in using Soleil that aren't just in consumption in the morning? Sure. Um, one of them is skin conditions. So obviously, you know, salt is antiviral, antibacterial, antifungal. And so when you have, if you had like a, a skin infection or you had like a, a, a toenail fungus or something like that, using Sole topically uh, 
can have a lot of benefits in relation because of its antiviral, antifungal and antibacterial benefits. So topically using that, um, we even actually developed a, uh, a, a face mask, so that sort of a fango mud. Um, we do a lot of work in Peru uh, with uh, hormone balancing product, and so we were able to source uh, this amazing volcanic uh, soil there, which we add uh, a particular water that has been restructured, and then we also add insole into that as well. And so we create this sort of face mask um, that you can use topically. Um, the other aspect is um, a neti pot. So I don't know if you've ever, you know, neti pot for the sinuses. Mm -hmm. So what's really interesting is, is that, as I mentioned before, salt being antiviral, antibacterial, that obviously has benefits. But one of the things as well is that when you line the mucous membrane with salt, uh, it reduces the buildup of excess mucus and it thins out the mucus that's there. So mucus is important. It plays a really important role. It's actually our first line of defence. You know, when you look at all of the, the issues that we're having with health at the moment, like mucus is this sort of defence line. So you want to have mucus, but when it builds up and is too thick, you have congestion in your sinuses, you can have congestion in your lungs. So uh, neti pot is a really great example of using sole uh, to clear out the sinuses and and uh, as well and you're getting rid of whatever is in there as well as creating a, li a mucous membrane lining the mucous membrane with salt. Uh, we also have an inhaler that doesn't use sole, but that's like a dry inhalation. So it's a uh, I actually have one on my desk, uh, which I which so basically you breathe in. There's a salt chamber and air comes through, absorbs the salt, microscopic salt particles and goes into your lungs and creates a, a salt environment through your bronchial tract. Again, reducing congestion in your lungs, reducing the amount of mucus and buildup there. Um, yeah, that's a product I want to try because it's like, you know, when you go to the salt caves, um, like you book a salt cave session, that's like having a salt cave portable with you wherever you go. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And imagine the benefits that that would have with someone who's asthmatic mm -hmm. too and how that can help clear them up inside. So that's really cool. Smoking, uh, cystic fibrosis, uh, people who might have mold or something in their house, like there's so many sort of benefits in relation to, to um, yeah, protecting those lungs. Yeah. And I know the easiest way for somebody to experience all of this is just by simply trying the products. But um, are, is there any kind of experiment that a member of our flow space community can undergo to experience the benefits and and kind of see the difference for themselves when adding so late to their daily routine? Or is it just a matter of simply start taking it and you see the results for yourself? Yeah, I mean, I think I think it's having a look at what the potential benefits of Soleil could be for you and then, you know, paying attention to that. Um, as, as I mentioned before, you know, we've got some, some uh, people who the moment that they take Soleil, the thing that they most notice is, is bowel movement and constipation, like that hydration of the gut first thing in the morning, and the trace minerals that are in there as well that helps that bowel movement um that just for some people that's it like that's that's the one thing um for me it's that mental clarity when i sort of drink hydrate my myself in the morning when i wake up um that mental clarity of hydration and, and electric uh 
electrolytes and trace minerals has has the biggest impact for me. So I think it just comes down to what is what is it for that individual person. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, if you go to a kinesiologist or a muscle tester, they'd be able to test it straight away <laughs> um, and get an idea of the impact that it's going to have. But just, uh, yeah, just depends on the person, I feel. And just out of curiosity, um, in your personal experience, have you noticed any type of correlation between um, you taking Soleil and your dreams, <laughs> like when you sleep at night at your dream state? No. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, that's an interesting one. Um, yeah, it's something like that we've noticed. Our dreams have, um, ever since changing the type of water we're drinking and yep. vortexing it and incorporating Soleil into our routines, everybody I give um, Soleil to try, they always come back and they're like, wow, you know, last night I had really crazy dreams. So I didn't know if you might have had a personal experience with that. No, but uh, I mean, you can talk about that from an esoteric perspective. So if we talk about that from an esoteric perspective, obviously hydration and Soleil and using obviously original Himalayan crystal salt with the vibration of those trace minerals. So one of the things that they talk a little bit about in the book Water and Salt is the monatomic elements, the high spin state, high vibrational elements, because, you know, when we when we look at um 84 trace minerals and you have a look and you see gold and silver and and you know some of these other trace minerals you go wait a sec do i want to be consuming that but you know this is on this is on a monatomic you know quantum vibrational level that we're looking at and so and when you think of ancient egypt and many ancient cultures that they used to have uh in they used to have gold in some of their food and they used to do these things and so when we're talking about things from a vibrational perspective, as I mentioned before, the monatomic high vibrational elements that exist within there, then enhancing the vibration, which can have benefits from meditation and from our subconscious, obviously there's that aspect. If we want to sort of be mainstream sort of science, uh, when we optimise hydration and improve electrolytes in our system and we improve metabolism and the body's processing of those things, we enhance our body's overall well-being, which enhances potentially melatonin and sleep. And when we have those optimal levels for melatonin and sleep, then we start to go into more of a deeper and REM sleep. We have both of those in a lot more in our sleep cycle through the evening, and so thus our ability to to dream more uh, happens. So makes sense. Well. <laughs> And are there any side effects to using Soleil that um, one should be aware about? Um, side effects, side effects. Um, well, I, th- I mean, Soleil, or which has salt in it, is salt, so it has sodium. And so there is, as I mentioned before, uh, sometimes there's the potential for short-term when you start to take it, if you haven't been eating salt or you've had a low salt diet, that there is the potential to impact your blood pressure. So, you know, it's um, 
I, I, I sort of health, I think, is always sort of not always, but often a pendulum of, mm -hmm. of where, you know, you you're always sort of coming back into balance. It's a little bit like we spoke about before with um, free radicals. You know, we're always breathing. We're always eating. So it's not like we can avoid free radicals like they happen. And sometimes there's more and sometimes there's less. And so, you know, like anything, I think that you sort of want to be careful with how much that you take and 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 all you know, when you can get it, take it under the advisement of the doctor and, and sort of see where is my health at? Like, you know, am I a relatively healthy person and I'm just going to be adding Soleil to my 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 daily regiment? Or do I have underlying health issues and I have to be really careful of anything that I add because it could impact my medication or it could impact my blood pressure or any of those sorts of things? So I think that you always want to pay attention and have a look at it from you as an individual just to be to be safe yeah. and you mentioned something that reminded me of my experience when I first began incorporating Soleil into my daily routine which was an accelerated what, what felt like an accelerated heartbeat but it was really just such a boost of energy that I wasn't used to since I was constantly experiencing some level of um, fatigue so it was a bit of a shock to my system the first few days um, so that resonated a lot with what you were saying, like in the short term, how that can impact the blood pressure. Um, but I would say maybe less than a week into using Soleil every day that has normalized for me. Um, so that's really interesting. How yeah. And, and the thing to be aware of is that the amount of, of sodium and salt that is in Soleil, um, is so small compared that, that's one of the things you know you often hear with people who are huge advocates for salt oh just put a like put a little uh teaspoon of salt into your water and it's like no 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 don't don't that's that's a, a hell of a lot more salt than soleil because when you look at soleil you know soleil is about uh when it's a super super saturated i think it's about 26 percent salt so putting a little teaspoon of that is you know 26 percent of what it would actually you know what it would actually be so it's a it's much less than than um than yeah putting in like a a, a teaspoon of, of actual salt in there so yeah and also in terms of drinking the soleil i know that you know it's recommended to drink it like you said earlier you take a teaspoon put it into your eight ounces around eight ounces of water drink it usually on an empty stomach is my understanding like first yep. thing in the morning um but i also read that you can drink it throughout the day um does it have any like is one better than the other or i think it depends on the on the individual again um, you know, definitely first time in the first time is in the morning before you've eaten anything first thing in the morning and that hydration with no food in your stomach and your gut is is the optimal sort of thing to hydrate and and have that impact, particularly on the bowel movement aspect of it. Um, whether you need it through the day, I think, depends on the individual. You know, I, I read this uh, you know, I, we I always try and sort of be the devil's advocate. And, you know, there's a number of doctors that are huge proponents of um, of salt and taking significant amounts of salt. And one of them spoke about uh, a study that was done on, um, on the special forces in the United States um, where they 
went into the desert. They were on a, uh, they're on a, they did a, pra a sort of a practice and they went into the desert and they realised um, that they didn't need uh, huge amounts of salt. Um, and uh, sorry, I haven't said this story very well, but what they were sort of trying to use, they were trying to use this story about how, um, and this was a doctor who actually was against salt. So sorry, I, I started off bringing the other doctors into it. So this was a doctor who was anti-salt and had taken too much and was trying to provide a clinical study against a doctor who was pro-salt. That's why I got a bit mixed in my head. And, and what he referred to was this special forces who went into the desert and they were showing how little salt that they needed uh, uh, over this 10-day sort of period and it didn't sort of adversely affect their health and all of these things. However, th what, the stu what studies on salt have actually shown is that if you are a really healthy athlete, you don't actually need Gatorade and all of these other sort of salt drinks because your body is so good at regulating salt within itself because you're a really optimally healthy athlete. And I'm guessing if you're in the special forces, you've done a lot of exercise <laughs> and you're an elite athlete as well. And yeah. so what's really interesting is talking about like with triathlons and, 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 and athletes who do these endurance things, you know, we've got to increase the amount of salt that they have when their performance and, and for, and throughout their, their, uh, while they're doing their, their event. And it's like, in actual fact, no, we can just give them normal, regular amounts of salt because their body is so adept at balancing and regulating. Now, if you have an amateur triathlete who has started to do a triathlon, yeah, we want to give them a hell of a lot more salt because their body isn't adept to it. It isn't adept at balancing and regulating and thus they start to cramp up and they have some of these side effects connected to those particular issues of not having enough salt and hydro optimal hydration in their system. And as we know, even professional athletes get to a particular point where they will cramp up as well. That's sort of like a, a good indicator of that physical manifestation of that issue. But mm -hmm. it's so it just depends on the person. You know, if you are starting to do more exercise than you've done before and you're not an athlete and you're going to need more salt, yes, you can maybe do Soleil twice or three times through the day. If you're a professional athlete, you know, maybe you don't need it because you, you, you know, you, your body is adept at, at regulating, but then maybe you're doing a huge amount of exercise more than normal. So maybe you do. So again, I, I always try and give, explain and give that spectrum of answers so people can find where they are in that, um, in that spectrum and decide what might be right for them. Yeah, and Sorry, that's that was totally a long answer to your question. <laughs> no, but it makes perfect sense because it brings it back to really empowering one to know what's best for their own body, not just following a blanket statement. So I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah we always want to cater to the individual, not to the mass, because we're better together when we know where we stand with ourselves and not be told where we stand with ourselves and discovering that for ourselves instead. Well, that's, so we, a, that's a matriarchal perspective. I, are we, are we, as our, at our company, we've recently, recently been studying the difference between a patriarchy and a matriarchy and also in decision making and talking about how holistic medicine and integrative health is very much a matriarchal system. However, because the health system is so patriarchal, they're conflicting and looking at those things. And mm -hmm. one of the ladies who's on a sort of council of, of advisors sort of said, the best way to think about it, James, is that if you've got 
uh, patriarchal system where you've got male energies making a decision about something, what they will do is they'll put forward all of their opinions and they will vote on which they think is the best uh, <laughs> opinion and then they'll choose that one. If you have a matriarchal system and feminine energies making a decision, they'll all put forward their needs and they'll try and come up with a solution where all of those needs are met. And it's not whether one is right or wrong or whatever, it's just that, that you know, that they are completely different systems and when we're looking at, at it, it's, um, you know, it's, it's interesting having that sort of perspective and looking at it from a masculine and feminine matriarchal patriarchal perspective anyway I just thought that was interesting yeah. when you brought that up yeah and I feel like that's the best way to approach anything because it's really providing both sides so that there's a balance instead of one weighing out the other which eventually causes um, misalignment and lack of harmony so that's mm -hmm. cool that that aspect is being looked at in terms of what you do in your business and how you guys move forward with things um, and in closing we like to ask all of our guests a few questions that are specific to our community here um, and one being is what does being feel and look like for you What do you mean by being? Exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> that's where the question lies. Like, what does being mean for you to be? And to be, what does that feel like and what does that look like for you? Um, when I, when I, there's a really interesting um, quantum physicist called Amit Goswami, and he has a terrific saying that, you know, that what is life? Life is about doobie, 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 doobie. And it's about doing and being, like it's perpetually flowing between doing and being. Um, I think for me, being is, um, is being present, present in the moment, um, you know, aware of your surroundings and, and, uh, and, you know, being in that moment. So for me, it's um, one of the things that I talk to my children about in a very simple way is I sort of say, you know, when you are in a situation, do you notice that your energy is in your head, like in your, you know, your mind? And so when you're engaging with somebody, do you notice that you are in your mind and it's and so you're thinking about what they're saying and how you're going to respond? And I talk to them about can you move your energy from there into your heart? You know, can you ground your energy through your heart and through and because when you do that, um, you're truly being because then you are you're not thinking about how you're going to respond to somebody's question. You are in that situation trying to uh, connect with them from a, an energetic perspective and and you're listening and absorbing and instead of trying to react uh, to what they're doing, you're experiencing. And so there's that sort of energy flow so I think for me being is that grounding into your heart chakra I guess to use the more esoteric term but it doesn't even you don't even have to believe in that if you just move your energy into your heart and you instead of you thinking about how you're going to respond if you just shift that energy which is an interesting sort of feeling all of a sudden you're you're being because you're not trying to to do mm -hmm. which is often the mind I love that so much because, you know, like our podcast, um, 
was born out of that concept of having conscious conversations, being fully present, not really worrying about, oh, what should I say next, but kind of feeling into the conversation and then moving energetically together from the heart space. So I, I love there's, that answer. There's a great, uh, I don't know if you've heard of, you've probably read the Celestine Prophecy. Yeah. yeah. But there's a lot of people aren't aware that there's an entire series. So there's the yeah. Celestine Prophecy and there's the 10th Insight and 11th and Secrets of Shambhala and 12th. And the final the final book in the series uh, talks about conscious communication, like that being one of the key evolutions of where we need to go in so combining synchronicity and conscious communication and so you know he in the book he, he, in the book he has that sort of uh conflict of sort of saying but if i'm trying to be in the flow and and synchronicity and somebody comes up and starts trying to talk to me you know and he said well that's where conscious conversation comes in like like why are they coming up to talk to you and anyway it's I, I really love books like that, which have uh, messages and learnings and do it in a, a fictional storytelling way so that you can sort of really see how that works in that situation. So, Yeah, The Celestine Prophecy was life-changing for me. Mm -hmm. I love that book. I love all the concepts in it. Amazing. That's what started our, our podcast as well. It was mm -hmm. after reading that book, which oh, led really. Yeah. yeah so it's so it's so it's so funny that you bring it up because yeah. it's it, it goes back into the synchronicities and mm -hmm. just the conscious conversations and staying true to our purpose here and it's really cool to see that that somehow came forward in this conversation so it, it just reaffirms the alignment mm -hmm. in the moment and go okay. ahead I just wanted to know did you read the entire series all the books mm. yeah very cool I'm rereading the last one at the moment. So, yeah. Very yeah. cool. And when you reread them, it's like you find, um, you uncover even more layers to the messages that are in the in the book. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, for sure. And I think, but, uh, and I, I think that, uh, you know, Paolo Coelho is a, another modern day person, you know, author who has a lot of books like that where, Again, you read them and depending on where you are in your journey depends on, you know, what you get from the book and you can come back five years later and you get something completely different. Um, the my, One of my favourites, so I don't know if you've ever read Herm, uh, Herman Hess, who wrote Siddhartha um, yeah. and, uh, and many, many other books. Um, it's uh, But what's interesting with those authors, and it's interesting because you trace back it's you know it's interesting you you read these authors and and um and then you sort of go well who inspired that author and all of a sudden you come back you know Herman Hess is an interesting author who who won the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1929 I think for Siddhartha and you know a lot of these authors used to read him but then you read him and you go well who did he read and I can never pronounce his name G E O T H E goeth uh, I, um, but and and then and who wrote you know well before him and then but what's interesting is when you trace all of these back they all come back to the Upaniads, uh, the Tao Te Ching, um, the um, oh what's the other spirit Indian spiritual text? Um, 
the Bhagavad, Bhagavad Gita, like all of the, and it all comes back to those with those, uh, a lot of those spiritual writers that, you know, it all comes back to those original, you know, amazing spiritual texts that were written in, uh, in India and in China and in the East. Um, so it's, 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 uh, I love, you know, reading all of those sort of different texts all the way through because they're, you know, you, it's always cool sort of coming back to that, um, mm -hmm. some of those original texts that they, the authors that inspired them got inspired by originally. So, yeah, so. going to the source of the information is always great. Yes, um, but uh, the source, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, that ideally we can get to the source now and that's what's great about these authors is that the Sant Mat, that Indi Indian sort of uh, spiritual teaching that I mentioned that I studied for a while was um, they talk about how, you know, that the reason that there is a Dalai Lama, the reason is that there is masters for some of these spiritualities in India is not because it's a master for to be, you know, who you who's in charge, you know, or the it's because you need somebody to translate in the modern world how to reach enlightenment you know, and through meditation or these other sort of spiritual practices. And so so the reason that the Dalai Lama keeps coming back into its into new form uh, is to be a guide to help people in the world that we live in in this particular time to to be able to to connect, to become, you know, to tap into consciousness and enlightenment. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah. Yeah, to invoke the remembrance that lies within us. Yeah. yeah. And if you can give our audience one takeaway, what would it be? One takeaway about what? <laughs> Just from this conversation. Yeah. Anything that you would like to leave. If it was only one thing that they would be able to remember and you would want um, them to take away with them, what's the one message or the one piece of from this exchange that you would like the audience to take with them? Um, well, a lot of people talk about um, morning routines. And one of the things that I think is I've been thinking a lot about and it's something that we've been working on as a company is creating a morning ritual, not a routine, a ritual. Uh, Paolo Coelho, who wrote The Alchemist, uh, my two favourite books of his are actually um, – the Pilgrimage, which is the book he wrote before The Alchemist, which is sort of almost a little bit autobiographical. And the next one that he did like that um, was called Aleph. Um, and Aleph was this sort of, um, was this book that he wrote when he sort of had a, a questioning in his life of like, how do I sort of have questioning in what I'm doing and, and what the meaning of life is and, and what my purpose is and sort of re-questioning all of these through his journey. And Aleph was the book that he wrote on that, talking about that process and that journey. And he spoke in that a lot about the difference between routine and ritual, you know, how, you know, he can be traveling all around the world and, and meeting people and, 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 uh, going to different places and having different experiences, but it's different experience on the external when in, internally he was just ticking the boxes going through his his standard routine versus, you know, ritual, where ritual is you can, and he uses a great analogy of 
um, a blacksmith, you know, doing a shoe for a horse and how, you know, if you look at an amateur blacksmith or a, you know, a, a wise old, you know, uh, expert blacksmith, it can look like they're doing exactly the same thing day after day, but there's all of this nuance and wisdom in every hit of the blacksmith that has been doing it for 50 years. While it looks to the outside person like they're doing exactly the same thing, internally there's it's a different process. And so when I think of morning routines, I much prefer, and we're at our company, we're working on, you know, the education connected to, to morning ritual and how, what do you do when you wake up? Of, you know, a lot of people talk about, you know, not reaching for your phone, in actual fact, not even having your phone there. And and what do you do in that process? And for, and for me, Sole is a part of that. Like the first thing to wake up from a, physio, from a physiological perspective is how do I rehydrate my body to increase the hydration and water and also the vibration and energy that we have with these trace minerals. Because then if you're then hydrating that body and you want to then do meditation or you want to go and do exercise or you want to journal or you want to read a book, whatever it is, like how do you take people, how do you get to an optimal state? Because that morning ritual sets the tone for the whole day and how can you sort of come back to that? So I, I love talking about how Sole is part of that morning ritual and it's like one of the most optimal, perfect starts to any day to set the tone from a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, energetic, vibrational sort of perspective. Um, and then, you know, then what what is most important to you? Is it to go and do yoga? Is it to go and do meditation? Is it to go and journal? Is it to go for a walk and ground in the grass? you know, with your feet, bare feet, whatever it is that's, that sets the tone for that process. Yeah, that's super important. I love that. Yeah, thank you so much. And that's uh, just, that's why we actually, that's part of the reason we designed those Sole jars with the cork lid and the wooden spoon and whatever, like we, we said, like, how do we create like if we're going to talk about ritual, how do we create something that's ritual? That when somebody wakes up in the morning and they see their sole jar and the cork and the water and the crystals and the wood, like it just it's it's connected to like it represents it's and it's it's yeah. um, it's part of that process versus them, you know, having some plastic container with a metal and you know and so instead it has that experience. You you yeah. Yeah, the intention behind it, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And it's felt. Yeah, it's a physical manifestation of the intention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, James, thank you so much for joining us and having this conversation. It's been really enlightening and empowering and thought-provoking. So we are really appreciative of it for taking time out of your day on a Sunday at that mm -hmm. to no, share yeah. your wisdom with us. Thank you, Jerica, and thank you, Deandros. It's um, yeah, lovely talking to both of you. Thank Likewise. you. Have a great night. Take care. Bye, Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Continue flowing in your own space by simply being. If this resonated with you and you feel called, please be sure to follow us, like, and share. Until next time, wherever you go, give yourself space, space to, to flow. flow. Peace out, family. family. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. No, because I feel like um, the Celestine, the mentioning of the Celestine was next level. Because as this episode was kind of full circle, like what we spoke about before the episode starting, how it was full circle in terms of this was the first step we took to hydrating ourselves. And then for the Celestine Prophecy book to be brought up, which is what birthed our podcast, the whole idea of conscious conversations, it was like a double whammy of, wow, this really is full circle. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, and you started laughing yeah, I had when couldn't. he was speaking, like, twice. You started laughing, and I was like, you know, I trust that he, he doesn't, like, yeah. take her laughter as anything because I know that your laughter was you being like, wow, I can't yeah. believe this happening, but, like, you can believe it. <laughs> I really felt fine because, like, initially when I first had the inclination to laugh, I didn't, like, fully laugh. Mm-hmm. And then I thought to myself, like, no, it's fine. Like, this is how I feel. Like, it's coming for a reason and the timing of it. I need to just, like, trust and be Mm because that's what we're here to do. Mm -hmm. And those who are being in the space that we're being in will just, like, vibe with it and flow with it. Because I was like, I'm not not doing anything that is natural like that's not a thing yeah you know? i'm not doing that because your laughter didn't make me feel like i understood why you were laughing yeah. um and i thought it was really cool like i was kind of surprised not that i came in with judgments but it was like okay like we're gonna be speaking to a ceo of a company um of a product that we use one i thought it was really cool that the CEO was speaking with us because you know not all companies is the CEO like ready and willing to do podcast interviews yeah um but then during the conversation as the conversation kept going like to see the aspect of him um like an energetic spiritual aspect Mm -hmm. it was really cool because it's like wow the products definitely align with our lifestyle yeah and having the CEO and co-founder um have that kind of background you know it's not to label him as anything but like he obviously has the knowledge and he's read sacred texts like as he referenced Mm -hmm. um it's really cool because it shows that the energetics are there yeah and that there's depth to it and it shows that there's alignment and affirmation in those that we are exchanging our energy with Mm -hmm. and sharing their energy with our community and how it's in alignment with our purpose and where we are where we are at now um and that was part of like i feel when we were talking about preparing for this before shortly before um the interview is like something about like you know not like like creating a limitation on like Mm -hmm. what can be shared like let's just see and because there is there was like this preconceived notion that someone with a title um, that he has and just the exchange and how we came to where we are now with the conversation that we had with him um, could have led to something that isn't the actual case. Yeah, like if we were closed off, if we approached this interview like like saying, okay, there's a CEO, we're going to keep it like within this box yeah you know maybe the conversation wouldn't have unfolded the way it did because we would have closed ourselves off to that possibility yeah but it's so cool like i can't get over how cool it is that we were drawn to a product 
that really resonates you know like so deep because just the the mention you know like how this conversation went it was like wow yeah like this really affirms Mm -hmm. why we were called to this product at the very beginning of our hydration journey yeah and how easily uh, we came across this like it yeah. was like at a casual at the cubicle yeah like we, <laughs> <laughs> like we were in our past life <laughs> just yeah. like researching and it, it goes back to like and i love so much how he kept um emphasizing really like the conversation was so empowering because it's not a blanket statement it's not like one shoe fits all what's good for you might not be what my body needs and it's really listening to your body and then taking the action steps based on what you need yeah not like just following suit and and that's how we found this company because we both felt that we were not hydrated it was like yeah we got these new filters but why are we drinking so much more water or Mm -hmm. like why are we urinating as soon as we drink this water and it just highlights it all yeah and how significant this change in our life was in comparison to the change that it brought to our life you know like something so small too because when he was talking about like the boost of the soleil and like how it boosts you in the morning and you comparing it to coffee and i was thinking to like celery juice Mm -hmm. because celery juice has a lot of good salt um and just drinking a juice which is excellent like i need to get a juicer but i thought it was really cool because of how simple soleil is like juicing and everything is so great and i look forward to incorporating that regularly but it's a process like you got to clean the machine you got to do like all these things and it's really cool to see how simple but transformative monumental expansive life-changing something as soleil a teaspoon of soleil in eight ounces of water is to life but it brings it it. back because it's like we are water and we are salt like from this water series that's the most common thing that has been shared is that um like isabel had mentioned in her episode our spinal fluid Mm -hmm. is like the ocean what is the ocean salt water so it just makes perfect sense and it's so beautiful how this kind of like wraps up our series um because it's like yeah like yeah drink the kind of water you're drinking is important but then again the um sodium that's in and the magnesium in your water that's all super important too so it kind of brings it all together yeah and i really like how he explained hydration and the relationship water has with salt and vice versa because to say what is water and salt is to say what is water Mm -hmm. because the minerals that salt carries and the minerals that natural water carries is what makes water Mm -hmm. like it goes there's their water is the two together like real water is water with minerals which is in the salt and water yeah like the hydrating water for our bodies yeah is like the natural water that goes through the earth's different minerals like and it enhances the water naturally exactly and like that's so that's such a crazy concept to think about and how like different it is having consumed that in in the experience like on a cellular level and how Mm -hmm. quickly the feeling the the impact of incorporating this was in my personal life like life for our next episode okay (laughs) 
stay tuned. But we also have affiliates with the Himalayan salt company that James is the CEO and co-founder of. So you can find the link, our affiliate link, in our show notes and also on our website, flowspacewellness.com, by going to the affiliates page. Where you will also find other affiliates that we have for enhancing your water experience and your overall and your overall health and wellness experience. Yes, you can find the affiliate link for Greenfield Water Solutions, which is uh, where we got our water vortexing device. It's a handheld uh, device that's portable, and we also recommend the water harmonizer, the EMF wristbands, and the poly mineral bag. And if you use code FLOWSPACE, you'll get 10% off your total purchase. Be sure to use the link that we have in our affiliate page on our website that can also be found in the show notes. We are also affiliated with Global Healing, which is the leading choice for high quality vegan, organic vitamins and supplements, along with other lifestyle products that are all natural. Um, So information can be found on that as well in our affiliates page and be sure to use code FLOWSPACE for 10% off as well. Okay, bye. Love you. (laughs) (laughs) TTYL.